0: does talking about your money make you cringe are you tired of fighting about finances do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness then you are in the right place welcome to breaking money silence a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money your host kathleen burns kingsbury is doing what she does best as a young girl She was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open.
1: It's with such great pleasure that I welcome Kelly Shikani, CFP, to the program today. I've known Kelly for a couple of years and she is a phenomenal financial planner. She is a member of the Financial Planning Association, serving clients at Lakeside Wealth Management in Chesterton, Indiana, and the surrounding communities. She has over 20 years of investment management experience, is a strong advocate for women investors who may be managing life's milestones, and is a supporter or has been a supporter of gender equality since seventh grade. Kelly volunteers on the CF Board's pilot program, Each One Reach Three. She mentors women financial advisors and hosts a quarterly gathering for clients to enhance financial confidence and engagement. Please welcome Kelly Shikani to the show.
2: Thanks. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you too.
1: Yeah. So you have a really interesting myth. I'm going to just throw it out there and then have you explain it to people who are listening. So your money myth today is planning is unnecessary because you only live once. So tell me, Kelly, kind of what motivated you to pick that myth?
2: Well, I have had a a few back-to-back appointments where I had met with people who had had very little planning. And it, it got to the point where I was getting pretty frustrated with these outcomes, and it it seemed like I just wasn't getting traction with people because they had had this sense where you know what it's okay you know I had had this great life and things had been going along really well and it just really wasn't necessary and there's there's this feeling when you leave an appointment with somebody and you know that things aren't going to be going so well for them that's very frustrating and it just happened to be two appointments on a Friday and I had felt so awful after them. And it doesn't normally happen that you have two like this. But so it, it just was that, that moment that I had had a meeting with you and I knew this was going to be my myth.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm sorry that you had a frustrating Friday afternoon, but tell me a little bit before we get into the myth, as an advisor, what makes it frustrating for you when someone buys into the idea that planning is unnecessary?
2: Well, because I know the opposite side to this is there's so much that can come from being able to see them happy and being able to live a life when you do plan. You have so many more choices at your fingertips in your retirement to live this wonderful life of dignity, of being able to do the things that you that you and your spouse really want to do if you've taken some time prior to the year before retirement or in retirement so that you can maybe spend time with grandchildren. Maybe it's retirement, traveling, maybe it's leaving a legacy. But if you come to me a year before retirement and ask me how am i supposed to live on this it is really very difficult for me to help you do much with that and and that's where it's hard for me as a planner when i when i'm unable to help and and that that was the difficulty that i had that friday
1: so it's really that uh frustration of boy i really want to help this person or this couple and it's it's they've come to me too late And the belief that one or both of them maybe had was that planning isn't that necessary, but then all of a sudden they're in your office thinking, oh, maybe maybe that wasn't a good idea to buy into that myth. So before we get into how that myth is not helpful, is there anything you see from the clients you work with or your life experience where you think that somebody who thinks planning is not necessary and the underlying belief is, you know, you only live once, is there any upside to that? is there any benefit
2: for the client? Oh, absolutely. If you Buying into that myth is really freeing. Can you imagine not having to save for your kid's college? How wonderful that would be? Not having to save for retirement? I mean, think of all the money that you would be able to spend immediately if you didn't have to worry about that. If you didn't have to worry about that credit card bill coming or things like that. When you buy into the myth of, gosh, you know what, you only live once, you know, I'm going to buy the better couch or the be- the best of this or the best of that. I'm not going to worry about that, you know, maybe I should look around and do something not quite quite that extravagant or let's just do this great vacation and not worry about it. That is a really fun great experience because I think it really frees you not to worry. And, you know, I I almost equate it to being like, you know, and gone with the wind and that, you know, fiddly dee I'll think about it tomorrow. It's just um it's a lot more fun I would imagine.
1: So in the short term, it sounds like it could be a lot more fun. But but as a planner, and and certainly for me, working with people around wealth psychology, I can see there also being a pretty big downside. Uh, So talk a little bit about how that myth gets in the way.
2: Well, at some point in your future, those choices come home. Because, you know, you may need to have a conversation about what your future looks like say at retirement and i have these people that come to me and say all right it's time for me to retire and they show me what they have and and they honestly do look me in the face and say how am i supposed to live on that and i've had these people ask me that and it, it it it's really hard for me to say i don't know because i don't know how they're going to live on that it's a very difficult conversation to be in a room with people and look them in the face and say, I really don't know, but those that is my honest response because if that's all they have and they want to continue to live the way they are, they're not going to be able to, and that it is a difficult conversation.
1: So really, the downside is, you know, it's fun for a while, and then it becomes really not fun at all, I would imagine, as you get older, and you start to realize, wow, I haven't saved for retirement, I haven't really thought about it. And, and even if retirement means, you know, you go on to wo- to work a different job that maybe brings in less money, or you travel, or you know, whatever that looks like for you, that next phase of life may not be, um, and I'm putting this in quotes, as rich, because you haven't done some advanced planning, and thinking through what do you want at that phase of your life, and instead have spent a lot of money, and probably excess money uh, on different things that you maybe could have put away for later.
2: Exactly. It's it's really that, it's really that simplistic. So I think that, um, I think I heard the term this YOLO, you know, from my kids, that it almost gives you this free sense of, you know, you can do what you want, because you only live once. And I really believe that, Yes, we do only live once, but if you want to live this life of dignity until you die, that we need to prepare for this life throughout life. And it's, and it's up to you how you want to live. You know, my grandma lived till she was 104, and she lived a great life of dignity, but there was a lot of planning that allowed for her to do that.
1: Right. So before we get into um, talking about living with dignity, I'm curious, uh, I think it might be a, a younger person's term because I'm not familiar with it. YOLO, does that stand for you only live
2: once? <laughs> yes, it does. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's don't it's be like like sorry. A, I need more millennials like in twi- my life. It's a Twitter thing. It's like hashtag Y-O-L-O, you only live once. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. So, yes, I can see that as being a trend and being something fun. And certainly at a younger age, it might seem really nice to uh, live uh, by YOLO or hashtag YOLO. Um, But you mentioned the word dignity a couple of times. So, Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you're talking about in terms of uh, um, this myth getting in the way, potentially, of you being able to live with dignity throughout your life.
2: When I work with people in in terms of planning and financial planning, I I really get to ask them about their values and how they want to live their their life in retirement and live by their values. Because I think when you attach financial planning to values, people are more apt to follow the plan because if their values are family, friendship, independence – they're more likely to want to follow and to live that way because they that's what they want and if independence and living this life and once again in a dignified way and if you want to if you want to live the way you're living right now and continue it in retirement and to me that is with dignity And not living just on Social Security or having to pare back how you live and to watch how you're spending. To me, that's living with dignity. So I want my clients, all of our people that are planning for retirement to have that expectation. We need to plan for that. And as people live longer, that's 30 years. So how do we do that? We have to plan.
1: Right. And are you finding a lot of people are looking at uh, careers when they retire from what they've been doing for a long time? Because you're right, 30 years is a long time to uh, even just travel or sit on a porch or do what kind of traditionally we used to talk about doing in retirement.
2: Well, I hear people mentioning... that they're willing to, they're they're willing to do something. I, I have people that always have that in their back of their minds, that they're willing to do it. But I, what I often caution people is that that's great that you're willing to do that. But we just never know what our health expectations will be then. But yes, it's great that you have that as, you know, a lever to pull in retirement. But just be aware that none of us know what our health expectations will be. So don't, let that be your sole driver for, you know, retirement planning. But you know, that's great that you're willing to have that available to you.
1: So that's interesting. So it's it's really thinking about a couple of different scenarios uh, that might play out as you move towards retirement. Um, and you're right; we don't know what our health is going to be. Um, I also know that if you have the idea that you only live once and you are not putting money away, that really your options are quite limited. Now, if you had to tell people who are listening, who buy into the idea that, oh, well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm too young to plan, or I have plenty of years before retirement, It's kind of unnecessary at this point. Is there another way they can be thinking about it? Like I think with a money myth, there's always another way of thinking about it or a a reframe, a healthier money thought. Do you have one that you could provide that would be different for then planning is unnecessary because you only live once?
2: Well, I, I think there's something about you know when you think about people that. You know, when you say you only live once, there's this like kind of joy de vivre, like I can't, I just love life so much, I'm just going to take it and do my best with it. Continue that feeling, but put it into your planning, because you really want to continue to live life to to its fullest. So if you want to continue to live life like this, plan for it. Put planning in and, 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 and make it the foundation and decide how you want to live your life for the next how many years. Because if you don't put planning at the foundation of this lifestyle, you're not going to be able to live like this. And if you're enjoying life this much, Let's put a plan in place so that we can continue to live like this and that you can have the life that you want for as long as you want to live like this. Because none of us really know, but what a wonderful legacy you could have if you put a plan in place.
1: What's so interesting about that is it's really just changing one word and saying planning is necessary because you only live once. Right. Right. I love that. It's so simple. Now, I know you work a lot with women in transition. So women who are transitioning into retirement um, and when you're working with them around planning and planning is necessary and working with them around their values, what are some of the things that you do to help them out? Uh, Because I know this is an area of passion for you.
2: Well, one of the things that that um, Lakeside has decided to offer here are these quarterly women's circles. And what we do is we offer women the opportunity to get together and talk um, quarterly, like I said, and talk about money in a setting that's just for them so that they can learn about their feelings and their values around money. And we have different topics. Some of the things we talk about are navigating difficult conversations, maybe life's transitions, lessons learned from mom, just different conversations that we have so that they get comfortable talking about money so that they, when they have their meetings with their financial advisors, that they, they have a little bit of a firmer spine to ask questions, to, to feel more empowered around money. And it, we have found that women just feel more comfortable learning from women and talking about money with other women and and it's been very successful here our next one is may 23rd and it's going to be around lessons learned from mom
1: I love that. Lessons learned from mom. That could be a mm-hmm. whole nother podcast we could get into. Yeah. That's really great. <laughs> um, for people who are interested in that, they can go to the uh, lakesidewealth.com website and find out some information about that. Um, but to get back to our, our myth that we're busting, um, what advice would you give listeners who currently buy into this myth? Um, and, and the second part of that is what happens if you, buy, you don't buy into this myth, but your partner does? So it's a two-part question. Like, what can people do to break through this myth? And then what can they do if they have a partner who's really the, oh, you only live once, let's spend now kind of person?
2: I think having the conversation, having the initial conversation about values and finding out what your, what, what you value and what your spouse values, if there's a spouse involved in, and identifying that. Do the values You know, once again, does it go back to family, friendship, legacies, and then once and say that they because even if it's a person that is you know the only you only live once person and you're the person more grounded in wanting to have a plan if you can come together and meet in the middle about that and say you know I want to share your joy about living like this but I also feel that we can come together as a team and develop this plan so that we can we can meet and do this together so that we can continue no matter what to live a life like this and and I believe that it would be much more successful, just like planning a vacation. Sometimes your vacation goes as scheduled, sometimes it gets off track, but it's always nice to have some sort of a framework. So if one part of the trip gets canceled, you can take another trip and it's it just always works better with a plan.
1: I, I love that analogy of the vacation. I also like the way you kind of framed that in terms of complimenting the person who has the belief that you only live once and maybe a little bit more uh you know live for today by saying that that's a strength but at the same time having a plan around that can just even make that strength stronger as opposed to what a lot of partners will do when it comes to talking to their spouse or their significant other about money is kind of say well y- what you believe is wrong and so you're encouraging the person to actually kind of uh, make a bridge and say, no, what you're, what you're saying is great and let's have a plan. And so in saying that, Kelly, and I know about values because of the work that I do, but what's a conversation starter or how do, how do you encourage clients or people out there to, to start to talk about values? Because, you know, given my background, I probably could just jump right in and have that conversation. Um, but are there any questions or any activities that people can do to start to identify what their values are?
2: Well, I've been reading. I read a lot, but one of the books that I read recently asked the simple question that you pose to your partner: Is what is important about money to you? And they may respond, independence. Well, what is important about independence to you? Well, I, you know, I, I can be on my own. I have, you know, like. Dignity. Well, what's important about dignity? You just keep going deeper and deeper until you get to the point where you feel like you've gotten to where you know what they're, what is most important to them about money. Because I think once you get to that level, you are on the same – their value and your value may not be the same. So if their value is independence, your value is family – you find out what's most important to the two of you about money and then you build the plan around that. They may not want to be a burden to their family so you find that out. You may want to be able to spend time you know, on grandchildren so now you know that. So you build your plan around being able to do these types of goals. So I think you find out more about people when you find out what they value about the money. And then you go from there.
1: What I love about that question and what you're saying is the idea of drilling down, that often we ask a question, we get an answer, we move on. But in this technique, you're really asking a question, then asking a clarifying question and further and further and further. It's almost like you're, you're kind of mining for gold. You're digging through the sand to get to uh, that underlying nugget. And uh, my guess is when people work with you, Kelly, they're able to uh, really have you kind of facilitate that process, which I see as an advantage of working with a financial plan um, so really getting to the values conversation to really looking at how can we do this together. And ideally, I would say to find someone like yourself who has the skill set to facilitate these conversations can really make the process go smoother. And then you can be in a great position to then take that next step if you decide to of how do we develop a plan that's going to work for us.
2: Yes, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's important because I think that if you have a values based plan, you're more likely to stick with it, and that is what is going to get you to this, this dignified, happy retirement that you will be really thrilled with, that'll, that'll speak to you personally.
1: Well, you know what? My husband's in trouble tonight. So he when he gets home over <laughs> dinner, I'm going to ask him what's important about money to you, um, which is not a question that I've asked exactly like that. So I'm really excited to see what comes of that. So thank you so much, Kelly, uh, for helping me in that regard. Um, tell people who are listening in how they can find out more about you, the circles that you do and the work that you do at your firm.
2: Well, we are here in Chesterton, Indiana. I'm with Lakeside Wealth Management. We're a, uh, uh, a firm of about 36 people. We have advisors. We have support people. We do qualified plan work and private wealth. Um, we're an ensemble practice, and uh, we're at lakesidewealth.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but it's my private Twitter at Keshikani. I'm glad to find you can find us at Facebook. Lakeside Wealth um, is on Facebook as well.
1: Great. You know what? I'm going to spell your last name because before this started, I had to ask how to pronounce it, even though I've known you for a while. So it's K Shikani, which would be K S H I K A N Y. That's the Twitter. Uh, Definitely reach out to Kelly if you're at all interested in what she's up to. She does some great presentations around empowering women, both in the advisory field as well as personally. Uh, I happen to be a a fan of her work, and it's been so wonderful to have you uh, on the show today to be able to play around this myth and to really come up with a, a nice solution around planning is necessary because you only live once. So thank you so much for your time today, Kelly.
2: Thank you for inviting me. It's been a thrill. Thank you so much, Kathleen.
1: Oh, you're welcome. And remember, everybody listening out there, that together we can break money silence for good. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at BreakingMoneySilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to kbkwealthconnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.